Welcome to Hit for Six. It's a bank holiday weekend, episode number two of this weekend. Uh, and it's a special occasion, a very special occasion, uh, because it's not just me and Michael. We're joined by probably two of the most important guests we'll ever have, our, our respective fathers. So um, my dad, Anthony Stalman, and, and Michael's David Kiniston. Um, welcome both of you. I will start with you, David. How are you? I, I fine, thank you. Kind of, you know, missing missing cricket. It's the end of May, and it feels very, very weird indeed, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I mean, the way, and what's been so depressing is how wonderful the weather has been every yes, single Saturday. No, exactly. Exactly. So it would have exactly. been a perfect start for me for the club cricket season, but also for the, mm. the county mm. season uh, and mm. everything else. It, it is a shame. Uh, Dad, how are you? I'm very well. I would like to open the sweepstake of how many. Uh, um, County players would have got a thousand runs in May um, with the weather like it is. It's been unbelievable. And like David, I am missing cricket massively. Um, mm. You know, one can play WhatsApp, how's that, as much as one can. But, you know, after a bit, <laughs> get a little, one's wrist starts to hear, hurt and, the, you know, the, the scorebooks get a bit filled up. But this is very exciting what we're going to do now. It is indeed. And it's, it's the next best thing, isn't it? Discussing cricket when we can't watch it and it's not happening at the moment we can look back at many happy memories and and great players from I mean our me and Michael's kind of living memory I'm, I know for you two more senior gentlemen there's been many a great cricketer that can't be included mm. in this discussion um, but as we think about who could or should be the number five in, in our batting order so just mm. a reminder we've got Alistair Cook, Marcus Gothic, Michael Vaughan who will be captain and Kevin Peterson as our as our top four uh, who are, again, we'll start with you, David. Who, who for you do you think would be the perfect number five to follow those well, four? I've been, I've been trying to think, not very scientifically, about uh, England's sort of current and very recent team, which on the whole has not done well at the very top of the order, but then tended to come good more in the middle, the kind of engine room. Uh, positions five, six and seven have usually done better, I would guess, than positions one to four, certainly one to three. Uh, and trying to think who on the whole has been, what, you know, I suppose there's, there's been Stokes, there's been Butler, there's been Bairstow. Uh, and without actually having looked it up, just wondering what that order of those three in particular has tended to be, because that rather determines, you know, in terms of the present, uh, the, the present bunch, as it were, who would be our candidate for number five. I mean, I suppose the working assumption has got to be that Stokes is going to be somewhere in this 11. Uh, not necessarily Butler or Bairstow, but Stokes somewhere. So are we reckoning that Stokes is our number five in this or number six? He's presumably five or six rather than seven, I would guess. Well, I th this is a kind of a, something we've, we've debated a lot, is when there's a player who's up for grabs in one position, they don't mm. get picked, and therefore do they roll over? So mm. from Saturday's discussion at number four, Joe Root, Ian Bell, Paul Collingwood all got overlooked. Yes. Do they therefore get bumped down to five? Or do we put mm. Stokes now? Does he go to six? Then mm. do we just have one all-rounder? Is it between him and Flintoff? Then who do we pick? Or do we pick both of them? Uh, yeah, there's a lot up for grabs. Um, Michael, what about you? You got any particular thoughts on, on this position? So I've been thinking about it quite a lot. And I've been thinking about how you can get both Stokes and Flintoff into the lineup. Even though, as Anthony has uh, mentioned previously, it would be a lot of fireworks with those two and Peterson in the same dressing room. But I'm sure our <laughs> pick of Michael Vaughan as captain, we are able to manage those egos. Um, but no, I feel like Stokes could be a really good shout. I think Joe Root's got to be in there because um, when I was briefing Dad on the lineup before the show, he was saying, wow, you've really gone back, back. And actually, that's because there's not been many runs recently. But Joe Root has consistently scored runs. So I think he's got to be somewhere in this lineup. And I think five could be a really good position for him. 
And I wouldn't be going for Ian Bell, actually. Um, my pick would be Joe Root. So, interestingly, with Root, while we're on him, I, I did a little bit of research this morning. And he has, in 19 matches, he's batted number five for England. Mm-hmm. And he averages 69.1 and batting at that position, which is obviously a fantastic average. Mm-hmm. He's a very good player anyway, averages just shy of 49 in test cricket as it is. Uh, but I, that's quite compelling. That's a, that's a pretty strong record uh, in that position. So he's definitely a candidate we'll have on our list. Uh, Anthony? Well, I, what's, what's interesting, what you've done, if, if, if Root does, does go in, that's sort of three England captains. Um, with, I, know, I know that uh, the sacred Vaughan is a, a, a captain <laughs> of the side at number three, uh, but you've got, uh, I believe, an England captain in the op- as an opener. Uh, and uh, an England captain possibly now coming in at number five. I agree uh, Stokes has obviously got to be in there. Um, I mean, are we allowed to... Uh, obviously, we're going to pick the side, but I think the backroom staff is crucial. Um, and as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I mean, I think the idea of having a permanent... I mean, Mike Brearley on hand for every game in the background, just to sort of sort out the uh, shenanigans within the... Um, uh, the dressing room, because I think there are going to be sparks. I really do. I mean, there's going to be egos galore with Peterson, Plintoff, um, you know, and uh, Stokes as well. Uh, I know they're all getting a bit older and more slightly more mature and most probably settling down a bit. It's going to be quite a side, this, uh, regardless of... Uh, I think that, in a way, you, you, you could... This is a difficult position, uh, uh, five, six, because I think... If you start at the other end and start doing 11, 10, 9 and work towards the middle, hmm. um, you'd most probably find this would be the, you know, you, you would sort it out easier. Because where does one put, I mean, I, I think what uh, Michael said about Root uh, and you, Robert, I agree with entirely. Um, it'd be great to have him in there as well. But uh, I also want to see both um, a batting lineup of uh, Peterson <laughs> followed by Stokes followed by Flintoff is quite some you know you get rid of one then another one then another one mm. Golly, there, could, there could be some big scores in that uh, uh, that side and some very exciting ones mm. Could I make a suggestion um, uh, if we're just looking for you know less fireworks and more ballast as it were you know, coming in at say 23 what about Thorpe? Yes so um, this was raised I raised him as a potential number four um, on Saturday, and he's another one who's rolled over, and his record at number five is really striking. Mm, so he averages, yeah, 56.2, 10 centuries, uh, over 3,000 test runs of that position. You do feel he'd add a real kind of... And, 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 and Rob, I think also to bear in mind that on the whole, he played much of his test career in a struggling side. And yes, and against better bowling attacks. And I always think, whether it's cricket, football, whatever, you take into account context how the team was doing. And the person who does well in a struggling side, you know, every run that a guy makes in a struggling side is worth, you know, worth two in a successful side, in my view. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, that's why Ian Bell shouldn't be a contender in this, in this discussion, because he scored a lot of his runs when other people were piling on the runs as well, apart mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm one 2013 Ashes where he did carry us. But I just think, for me, when you compare Ian Bell to Thorpe or Root, both of whom, I would say, made their runs in a side which mm. wasn't stacked with other quality batsmen, mm. I think they've both got a lot more weight behind their runs, I would say. 
Yeah, okay, I, I, I agree. I think we'll, we'll discount Bell. There's already enough names in this discussion. He probably is just missing out, as, as good a player as he was. And on, on that idea, though, of yeah, scoring runs on the struggling side, um, I stumbled across this this morning as well, which is mm. batsmen who top scored most often in tests as a percentage of their test matches. And in, they have to score, I think, at least 3,000 test runs. Sure. And, the, and the top three, Brian Lara, then Sonal Gavaskar, and then Joe Root. So you see, Root is someone who he's played in a pretty, well, certainly with a pretty poor top order batting lineup for much of his England career, and has consistently been our top scorer and consistently scored runs, maybe not as many as one might have hoped, but still averaging high 40s with a yeah, number of test centuries and num- a huge number of test 50s. So he, he like Thorpe, is someone who's performed consistently at a, when yeah, those around him are, are failing and when the side isn't performing to the level that one might hope. Mm. Yeah. No, he he has done very well. He's always come in at 20 for three or 20 for two or whatever situation. Mm. And I feel like he's suffered from the weight of expectation upon him in terms of how we view his output because he has he has he doesn't convert enough. But the fact is he does get to 50 every other innings. He will almost always in a test match at least make some sort of contribution. And, that is, and it is normally in the midst of some kind of a collapse. I know he might start that collapse quite often or be part of it, but he, um, he always does produce at least something. And yeah, his conversion is not good enough, but I think he deserves a huge amount of credit. I think it's actually been a period of very good international bowling compared to maybe a few years ago before where it wasn't quite as high, you'd say, and which we marched Jonathan Trott down for, for example. Mm-hmm. I think there's the psychological aspect as well. I, 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 this might appeal to you, Anthony. And I haven't seen the analogy made by anyone, but in a sense, what's happened with Root uh, is what happened with Hammond. And in Hammond's case, along came Bradman. And in Root's case, along came Steve Smith. Um, because there's no doubt that last year, Smith was Bradman-esque, wasn't he? Uh, and there's no doubt that Hammond was, as they entered the year 1930, Hammond was the world's leading batsman. And then he was completely upstaged then for the whole of the 1930s, really, by, by, by Bradman. And these things must have a psychological effect. And coming to Michael's sort of weight of expectations point, I mean, if it's your opposing captain, I think that's a particularly direct, has particularly direct effect. So um, uh, the other thing I think in terms of thought, and again, Anthony's point about dressing room atmosphere and camaraderie and so on, uh, I, in personal terms, would far rather have root in the dressing room than thought. Um, and that's partly because I myself have never forgiven Thorpe for what he did in 1999, when you recall that Alex Tudor was night watchman and England were knocking off the runs, I think it was his age of the sun, and uh, uh, Tudor needed a handful of runs to make his century, uh, but England were closing in on the target and Thorpe was batting and Thorpe batted in such a way that England reached for target before Tudor could get his 100, so he's left high and dry at 98, not out, or whatever it was. Possibly even 99, not out. And obviously Tudor would never get anywhere near that again. And I remember Mike Selvey once saying about what Thorpe did that day, that it was the crassest thing he'd ever seen on a cricket field. And it was so kind of unthinking, and it was a you know, Surrey teammate as well. And uh, I, I, to be honest, admirable cricketer though he was, and a, a man for a tight corner, a man for 20, coming in at 20 for three, as I say, I, 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 for that reason alone, I actually wouldn't want him in my in my side, in all honesty. Well, well the, uh, the other thing to add to, to that, um, I also think uh, psychologically at times, although he was a pretty dogged batsman, and, and yeah. as you said, getting people out of a tight corner, 
I think he was relatively fragile sometimes emotionally, and you know, I, I you know, I don't think he was. Was that right? Yes, yes. I, 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 I felt I feel that that uh, Root is a is a more robust individual mm. and can take the highs and lows, um, mm. shrug them off with a laugh and a joke, and you know, mm. he's, he's. And I think that's probably one of the problems he's got as being captain. I think Root would be so a brilliant vice captain all the way mm. through, mm. and I feel mm. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the, the pressure off him and be able to chip in, you know. And I think I think the way you've structured the side, the fact you having Cook and Vaughan there as well will will benefit Root hugely. And so if you're gonna if we're going for a, a sort of a batsman there, I, I I think most probably Root gets my vote. Um, but then I hope we're going to be able to fit in both um, Stokes and Flintoff. I think all, just a, sorry, just a sorry. final word on the on the root thing. If we're talking about people qualified to bail sides out at twenty for three, I think Joe Root can prove can point to a pretty long CV over the last few years. He's had yeah. plenty of first hand experience of having to bail out the hopeless top order batsman. So, um, <laughs> and I think the final the final part of the kind of the final aspect to a cricketer's career that we're really weighing up when we when we select this kind of side is looking back at memories and that mm. feeling or a moment where you're like oh that that was brilliant and, and I think as with um the anecdote of uh Graham Thorpe leaving Alex Tudor high and dry kind of as a negative one there's some I've got some really positive memories of you know, Root, Dad, I think when we were at Trent Bridge watching yes. um, Stuart Broad skittle Australia for 60, and then Root scored a wonderful 100 in the sunshine in Nottingham. The Ashes really looking like they were going to be ours um, for sure. Mm. And, and moments like that, I feel he's still got a long career ahead of him, but Root has played in some great games and played some great innings. And he's a player that I just kind of associate with a lot of, a lot of good times. I remember when he scored mm. a great 100 opening the batting quite young in the Ashes at Lords. And that was a, that was a brilliant innings. And so for me, he he stirs up a and I think this is a feeling of a of a great England player and seeing him go out to bat. I've just got lots of just good memories of him kind of coming out and after half an hour before you even know it, he's on thirty five off thirty five. And we're ticking. actually going back to obviously everybody thinks about Broad and uh, his um, you know his tally and getting get, get them all out for sixty. Um, uh, England, when England went out to bat, they lost the wicket very early on, very, really quite quickly. One of the openers went, and in came Root. Um, and you know, had he gone very quickly, things could have easily changed. You know, luckily the sun came out, and it was a glorious day. And I, I will never forget that uh, lovely push uh, through that he scored to go to sixty-two, and the entire <laughs> stand was going. Roots got more runs than you. Roots got more <laughs> runs than you. Which was like, especially as he had an Australian sitting in front, tapping on the shoulder and said, "How's it going?" He said, "This is going to be a very, very long day." <laughs> but it was, he was loving every minute of actually. He really was, uh, and I think that's what people don't realise. And I was very interested, um, David, what you had to say uh, about Smith. Um, as captain mm. as you know, on the other side mm. um, because it, it is such a, I mean unlike many sports cricketers really applaud and applaud you know the the success of the opposition mm. Um, mm. you want to see a great innings regardless who, who scores it you know what I mean it's um, I suppose yeah. footballers want to see great goals and great tries as well but it's I don't know it's le less quite less in their face than um Anyway, yeah, I agree. I agree. We, um, should we chuck in a final name just before it's absolutely decided that Joe Root should be number five? Just a fight, because we always like to have a rogue suggestion, don't we, Rob? Mm -hmm. Paul Collingwood, as someone to add a bit of grit 
ballast, be good in the dressing room, unbelievable fielder, could bowl a few overs. What do we think? I thought, Michael, you had some thought he's going to be our keeper. Is that a possibility? Is that we, a have, we, have, we have thought about this, yes, because we don't really like our other wicketkeeper options, but it is a bit of a rogue call. Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things. Like almost my ideal team would see Root at five, Stokes at six, Flintoff at seven, and into the bowlers at eight, nine, ten, eleven. But we wouldn't have a wicketkeeper because uh, there hasn't really <laughs> been. A, I, I mean, I remember Alex Stewart's last test against South Africa in two thousand three, but he very much feels like a player of the nineties, yeah, uh, rather than of the kind of this era that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Garrett James wasn't a great wicketkeeper. Matt Pryor was a good keeper, but and a good and was. Did very well on a successful side, but I, I never really warmed to him. And all the stuff post the Peterson fallouts, I, I don't think uh, shines particularly positively on, on him. And then more recently, you've had Bairstow and Butler, who both are well, like in a one-day side, you'd have no mm. problem picking them. But they've, neither of them have really performed to the level one mm. would hope or expect in, in the test side. And so it does feel to be a, a bit of a, yeah, a hole there. Which is, I think, just further muddies this lower middle order as to, as to, who, as to who gets picked. I do think you could make the case, actually, that that order wouldn't be too out of place if you had your keeper, whoever it is, eight, and then you had your spinner at nine, and then you had maybe two of England's leading wicket-takers at 10 and 11, and then you've already got Stokes and Flintoff to back them up. You've actually got a five-strong bowling attack there, which actually wouldn't be the, would, would actually work, wouldn't it? You'd be almost picking Flintoff as a seamer who bats a bit rather than a rounder, which would be fine by my books. Um, which is basically what he, what he was. I mean, ultimately, he falls into the category of a bowling all-rounder. To Stokes, he feel, falls much more into the category yeah, of a batting all-rounder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost a perfect side, you'd say. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder with Collingwood whether his just numbers aren't as good, basically. It, compared to Thorpe averaging well over 50 at five, Root in the 60s, Collingwood is only 39.66. He's only, he's only got... 10 test hundreds compared to Root, who's, you know, nowhere near the end of his career yet, is, you know, far out, outstripped him already in that regard with, um, with 17 test hundreds. I think, uh, I just think he's not of the same, the same calibre. Great player though he was, he's not quite enough to be in that, in our top five, of our best 11 of, of the last 20 years. No, I do, I do agree with that. No, I, I, I agree. I think I, I, he's a wonderful person and personality-wise and character, all the things you mentioned, which are on, on, very much on his side. I, I, I think I would be struggling to leave some of the other quality players out because of him to get in, you know what I mean? Um, no Collingwood at five, but maybe he's got a hope of being a rogue wicketkeeper later down the order. Yeah, quite possibly. And he'll also be thrown into our, we, we will do at the end, a formal discussion of who our 12th man will be of top <laughs> players who've missed out. So, so far on the list, uh, Andrew Strauss, Mark Butcher, Jonathan Trott. And I think we'll add um, Ian Bell and Paul Collingwood to that as others to sort of discuss in that who, who would be the, the one player we could have had in there, but, but he's missed out. Um, but I, I imagine he's going to, sadly for him, be overlooked, certainly for this position. So I guess that leaves us then with really, we've got two choices. Are we going Stokes, who has produced, and we're talking about memories and moments, I mean, Headingley, look no further than Headingley for him at his best at five, or do we go Roots? Or, I mean, that's really the decision. It's, it's effectively a case of are we going to play Roots at five and then Stokes may probably comes in at six, or do we pick one of them and then look for someone else at, at six? What do we reckon? It feels very harsh to leave out Root, I think, out of out of our 11 
I think the, your point, Rob, about um, what was it, the third number three on the list for most often being top scorer uh, is, is a fantastically powerful one because sport is all about kind of, you know, relative. So, you know, for example, on this question, you know, who have been the greatest cricketers ever and so on, I would always say you have to just have to always look at the context of their times. And for me, it would always be Grace and Bradman because in their respective eras, they were both, each of them was about twice as good as anyone else in that era. And I don't think there's been anyone since Bradman who's been twice as good as anyone else. And so, you know, Root's done it time and time again when, when, when his colleagues weren't. Uh, and also, you know, he's a thoroughly uh, att attractive, decent guy and um, would, uh, would therefore be a counterweight to at least one of those in the dressing room are less attractive, less decent guys. <laughs> I also don't forget his little ability to come on and. Um, yeah, good point. Good point. So I, 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 see, I think I, I think difficult matches on a turning wicket, he, he could earn his absolutely. Yeah, yeah he, can, he can quieten up one end up, you know, down yes. very nicely and do a few little overs and pick the odd wicket up here and there. You know, he's yes. he's. Um, I, I I think if we're going to go for me. I think it's going to have to be. I mean, I'd, mm, well, this is difficult. Stokes is obviously going to go in somewhere, so I think it'll most probably. Yeah, well, I think that he's nailed down for six, surely. Yeah, if Rich yeah. is. Yeah. It, it, yes. Exactly. I think we're making it very easy for the next people. Who are going I to mean, to Rob, do, we could just we could we could miss a week and we could just agree <laughs> sit right now, because it would be a hard it would be a hard case to make against Ben Stokes to not get in the top six of this batting lineup. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I do wonder if, yeah, we, we may actually, we might as well, if we're going to, if that's how this, it's going to fall. I mean, the reality is, if the choice at number six is effectively going to be another rehash of Paul Collingwood versus <laughs> Ben Stokes versus Andrew Flintoff. Well, Flintoff, I'd rather bat at seven than six anyway. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and Stokes is better than any of them. So, uh, yeah, I. Five I to seven. Um, but uh, could, could it, while we're on Stokes, uh, while we're sort of chatting away, could I see what what do, do the other three think of this? That that I would I think argue that certainly in my kind of cricket watching time, that innings that that that, that Stokes played at Headingley, I think was was the greatest ever actually. Um, you know because the context, uh, Ashes were gone if England had failed to, to failed to win. The way he moved through the gears. Uh, you know, incredibly slow, and and then you know that astonishing the way he 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 moved into top gear in that last wicket partnership. Uh, is there a better test innings? Has has anyone seen a better test innings? I, I don't think so. And I think the other thing to factor in is who he was batting against. Yes, Pat Cummings and Josh Hazelwood are yeah, really good. Good attack. Good attack. Like, like fantastic cricketers, and and likewise Nathan Lyon. I mean, he's he's approaching mm. 400 Test wickets. He's a very mm. experienced and highly accomplished off spinner. And granted, they didn't bowl at their best, but who would? I mean, it would phase anyone mm. uh, with the way he would hitting sixes like that. And it's not like in a one day game where half the field is in. They were all on the boundary, yeah. and he was still taking them on, and he was still clearing it them consistently. Yeah, I, I don't think mm. that's. I, think, I, I think I think what was the most extraordinary thing, um, as, as as David said, it was the way he just very slowly went through. I mean, it was, I mean, listening to the um, re repeat, I've, I've done two or three times now to the um, mm, mm. The, the radio. 
it was talking about the intelligence of the, the, the innings. Uh, you know, it, I mean, he thought through the whole thing and how he, how is he going to do this? You know, how is he going to approach this over? And, and it was in such an intelligent way. There was risk taking. Obviously, he had to take risks, um, mm. but they were very, very intelligent. And he had a bit, a bit of luck as well. I mean, it was also very human, wasn't it? I mean, you mentioned that yeah. luck at the end there, Anthony, because he also almost messed it up. And he did hard work, and then he almost ran out Jack Leach. Yeah, and then, and then he almost got the LBW, and he, he came so close, and that's what makes it perfect, actually. That yeah. it still happened. And, and the, that the famous picture, which I'm going to actually sort of most probably try and uh, recreate in, in a picture, the you know the, the, that sort of shout of uh, you know when he actually did it after the, the, the mm. bat out one arm, the arm out the other, in in absolute, I mean. It, it was sort of euphoria, but it was gut-wrenching yell. You know, he'd done it, you know, and, and suddenly the tension had gone, you know. The really, you know, it goes alongside that also wonderful image with, uh, you know, Flintoff and Brett Lee on their yeah. on the knees, etc. But, um, uh, no, I, so we think, I think we've got our answer. I think yeah, it's, I, I think when we talk about, like, sort of sticking at it and fighting and that scrappy, gritty kind of, cricketer that we've been attracted to in a Thorpe or a Collingwood. Stokes has shown that in many ways, very often. He's got a you know, massive heart, he's up for the fight. Mm. I mean, he scored that 100 at, um, in Perth, I think it was his first Test 100, against a brilliant bowling attack in a team falling all around him. And, and even from that early age, we saw him, he's a man for a, a big occasion and for a tough occasion. And although his Test average is in the mid-30s, unlike a lot of the other players in our, in our lineup who are in the, the high 40s, it's those those moments of his 900s, quite a few of them, you remember straight away because they're particularly special innings and important contexts. You also just feel like his test average is going to go up and up and up. He's looking like such a complete technical player in the last year or two. Like he has looked like he's got the most solid defence out of any of the England lineup, I would say now. He looks technically almost complete. And I'd actually, I've, always, I've made the case in real life that they, I've always made the case that there's a thing for Stokes batting free because he's almost the most suited to it and he could just bowl a few overs and I just think that test batting average is going to be going into the 40s and beyond as he goes on. Yeah, and, and, and lest we forget, he's taken 147 test wickets an average of 32.68, which is not shabby. In that Headingley test last summer, he pulled it back with his bowling actually, didn't he, before in Australia's second innings when Absolutely. all three lost. You know, Absolutely. Mark, we've been bowled out for 67, was it? Um, you know. and, and he's a brilliant fielder. Yes. Taken to <laughs> superb catch it. So he is a, an all-round complete cricketer. And I think he, he fits very nicely right in the heart of that team, number six, which is obviously literally the middle of the order. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think he's, um, he's a good pick. So is that, that, that's where we're settling then, it seems. Joe Root mm-hmm. at five, Ben Stokes at six. The first two players from the current England side to be selected. And are we, just to confirm, are we all, are we all in agreement with that? Mm, uh, very yes, much so. yes very much so. There's going to be a lot of runs in that batting order and they could come very quickly. It could be very fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. It's a, it's, a top, it's a top, top side. And it does, therefore, it really, it's now trying to find a wicketkeeper and onto the bowlers after that. Because you do, I mean, they kind of, the, I know the Australian view on it is you pick your six best batsmen, a wicketkeeper and four bowlers. And you would say pretty much that we've, that that is our, our sixth best batsman, really. And so it's now just finding who are the bowlers who are going to take the wickets to, to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, and there's some pretty clear contenders in my head already, so it should be fun. And is this is this mythical match, um, um, Michael and Rob? Is it is this against uh, uh, Australia eleven, rest of the world eleven? Who? Um, well, this is a kind of a side we'd like to see go on and, and dominate. Well, yeah. Allah, Bradman, Invincibles, West yeah. Indies, nineteen eighties, and kind yeah. of cards. This is who would be our England side for a deck for five years or ten years to take on the world. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not going to stop. Yeah, and so it's all conditions as well. So that's where the even little things like Rude being able to bowl a bit of spin is important. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to back up our main spinner uh, if we're playing India away or Sri Lanka away or whatever it may be. I, I, I think one thing one has got to say with this side, that if it's going the way I think it is going to, you are going to have to have a very, very strong manager at the helm to, to make sure that, um, <laughs> that, 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 that they all stay... Uh, vaguely on the straight and narrow, uh, and get the best out of them. And the, the, half the side is not um, um, basically uh, finding themselves at the, Her Majesty's pleasure somewhere, uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> and missing the odd, missing the odd series. <laughs> yeah, it will be carefully managed. Don't worry. Um, no, no parody Twitter accounts. No nightclub um, events in Bristol. Just kind of trying to keep all of that out of it so they can just focus on being the best they can be uh, on the cricket field. Uh, look, thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, it's been thank you. It's been wonderful. Uh, and we, look, we may well have you back on, for maybe to select a 12th man or to select maybe our final bowler. Who knows? But many, many thanks, both of you. And enjoy your back holiday weekend. Thanks, thank you, Rob. Thank you very much indeed, both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much.